Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, uh, part of the Locked On Big 12 Family Roundtable. Uh, John Williams, Stephen Simcox, Jake Hatch, part two of our show that we're doing. We're discussing tonight Oklahoma and Texas. Will they bolt early from the Big 12 with the recent news that uh, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF are going to bolt early from their conference to AAC. What does that mean for the Big 12? All that and more coming up on today's show, which is brought to you all by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. More coming up after this. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Josh Neighbors, the host of Locked On Big 12. If you're watching on YouTube, to my left, it is John Williams, the host of Locked On Sooners. Below him, it is Stephen Simcox, the host of Locked On Horn Frogs. And to his right, it's Jake Hatch. He is the host of Locked On Cougars. All right, guys, so we got news today from Brett McMurphy. It was really funny. The last piece of news that we got on conference realignment came from John Rothstein at FanDuel. And now I'm going to read you all an article from Brett McMurphy over at the Action Network. So it's great to see the gambling sites are getting in and hiring really reputable reporters. He says today, oh, this was on uh, this, whatever you hear this podcast, this article was at 921 Eastern time on May 3rd, 2022. So Tuesday, May 3rd, Brett McMurphy, Brett McMurphy says that Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF are negotiating a settlement in the $17 million to $20 million range, which would allow the schools to exit the American Athletic Conference uh, early and join the Big 12 on July 1, 2023. That's what sources told the Action Network. AAC bylaws require departing schools to provide 27 months' notice and pay $10 million fee for the exiting. Without the settlement, the schools would not be able to leave until July 1, 2024. BYU, for you, Jake, obviously, as an independent, they may leave whenever they wish. July- so. 2023 BYU is already essentially the they're day. they're good to go. We might have it. We might have an 11 team conference next year might as well. TBH. Uh, all right, so John, I'm going to go to you first. As somebody covers the Sooners, did this news kind of make you think first off? Hey, all right, these teams are leaving early is a chance to OU bolts early for the SEC and Texas as well. Yeah, I mean, I thought there was a chance that they were going to bolt early even before the AAC became a part of the conversation. You know, once the news was first announced last summer that Oklahoma and Texas were joining the SEC, I thought maybe 2023, 2024 would be their exit window. At the same time, Joseph Harris, the president, and Joe Castiglione, the athletic director, have continuously said 2025 is when they're going to go. They're going to stay throughout the grant of rights deal. But it, it's hard to imagine them lingering on until 2025. It I just I still have this feeling that they're going to go earlier than that. The non-conference schedule for them kind of sets up well for them to be able to do that. They played Georgia in 2023 as part of non-con and Tennessee in 2024. So if they were to, to jump to the SEC in either of those two years, it doesn't really affect their non-conference schedule all that much because the SEC could just factor in those already previously scheduled games into whatever would be their SEC conference schedule that year. So it's hard to say. I mean, I know Texas, they fans believe that they're ready to go. They've got the buyout money already. People think Oklahoma's broke and poor for some reason and can't. But, I mean, it's just a matter of do they want to spend the money to exit early? I'm not sure. 
that's where I'll sit. I think a lot of people believe that they'll leave early. I don't know. All the words coming out of Norman is that they're going to stay. But we've seen them say things and not kind of necessarily follow through on those things. And it could just be negotiation tactics like, hey, we're going to keep this quiet while we negotiate a buyout. Until we have that, we're not going to say anything. Brent Venables has talked recently about how the SEC is always on his mind. Like daily, he thinks about the SEC. So to me, either he's just like someone who's really, um, you know, has a lot of force. It's a very funny visualization. Just yeah. He's, he's not his like, he's got speaking the, about Missouri today. He's got the Wolverine picture and he's. Right. <laughs> exactly. Logo. Um, yeah. You know, I, and so I think maybe he's either just, you know, planning ahead. He's really got a lot of future planning going on, or he's just, he's anticipating a, a quick move here in the next couple of years. So the one, the one big difference we have to mention here is that the buyout for the Big 12 is substantially larger than it is now. OU and Texas are substantially richer than the other schools that I had mentioned, but the numbers that's being thrown around um, is a hundred million plus. And this was, this was um, from USA Today I'm reading here uh, that it's like 140 million back in 2021 was the number. Not sure that number would be now as we approach it, probably a little bit less. But Stephen, as somebody who covers a team that is still in the Big 12, and as we're now having these conversations about what the new Big 12 will look like, do you want to say good riddance to Texas and OU? Do you just kind of want it out of the way and gone? Or do you want them to hang around for what could be a really potentially fun uh, 14-team league with two 17 divisions? Man, it's tough because I I love my guy John up there and I don't want to lose him. Um, I mean, I think, like, if you're gone, you're gone, right? Like, I'm not even tripping too much about the money. I understand a lot of people that are saying in the Big 12 are like, no, make them pay the buyout. I mean, it's not going to my bank account, so I don't really care. Um, But if you want to be out of here, get out of here. I I mean, Brett Venables, that sort of weird comment. That's a good note, though, John. I didn't realize he was thinking about the SEC every day. I guess he has, like, Paul Feinbaum collars is alarm clock or something. Um, but that sort of tells me maybe he has an inside scoop here. I don't really see what the benefit would be of them sitting around. I don't know. It's kind of like um, we were talking about movies earlier, like the breakup with Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. Like, are we just going to live in the same house for a while here together, even though we know this is not going to work? Uh, I don't feel like it would be as – I don't think it'd be super awkward if they did. Like, I, I think it makes for a fun atmosphere when those two teams travel, you know, to other locations. And I mean, man, some of those matchups would be really tasty. Like I want to see Oklahoma and Texas play Cincinnati or BYU, but ultimately like if, if they're itching to go to the SEC, then yeah, move on. I think the big 12 is still in a good position, a strong position. And I also believe if once they move out, then it allows the flexibility to talk about adding more teams. If, if that is the way they want to move forward, um, then the Big 12 has some more you know, autonomy to do that. Jay, do you think the teams that are like BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, obviously UCF, like I, th- I think the, up, you know, the, 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 the idea for them is like we'd love to have our shots at the big, those big dogs when they leave, right? I mean, there's no reason they wouldn't. Sure. I, I think it's just kind of pretty obvious you want those shots. Well, and that's the thing is you want the you want the cachet of taking on those guys. That, that's the thing about it. You, if you're BYU, you've had a pretty rich history of beating Texas. Let's be honest, of, of recent uh, matchups, obviously Taysom Hill, and then Oklahoma. They've had some interesting games against the Sooners in their history as well. So they would like to have a crack at 
either of those teams before they ultimately bolt the conference. But I think BYU's understanding that regardless of whatever happens, they're just happy to be a member of the Power Five. They they went independent to ultimately make this move. They've spent a decade being an independent program, building schedules from scratch with the hope that this would pay off. So, yes, if Oklahoma and Texas bolt before BYU gets there, so be it. They would have liked to have had a chance to play them once again, I'm sure, as conference mates. But even so, the Cougars, they're just excited to finally be on the inside of that exclusive club. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the thing too. It's like, and you know, they're, everybody's happy to be there, but also as a part of being there, you know, it's like, why wouldn't you want to just take a shot? You know what I mean? It, yeah, you want, you, want, you want to crack at them, absolutely, because it, it, yeah. it's one of those games that gets national TV attention. It's a big name team, more eyeballs are on it. You want all of that, right? Right, and I think also the Big Twelve, you know, as a conference, want all of their teams to get that crack. And obviously, I think they, you know, they like their chances to win at least a few of those games, right? To be like, all right. We have brands that can, you know, that, that can – I'm actually, I want to mention this too. Not sure if you guys all saw this, but the, the team, I think Cincinnati was third in terms of players drafted mm-hmm. in this past this past week, which was which was really awesome to see. So uh, that's just a note there. But, yeah, th- this kind of gets to a big conversation that's happening right now about how this conference will be divided. And I, I had a full show about it today about divisions or no divisions, how it should be done. Um, with OU in Texas and whether it's on hold or not. I just want to get your all's thoughts on the divisions versus non-divisions conversation. John, I'll go to you first. Um, you know, the Big 12 has a luxury right now of having just 10 teams. So when you go with non-divisions, you have to go with non-divisions basically. But you get a non-conference game schedule where you play everybody, right? So you, you end up getting your two best teams. Now, with 12 or 14, you know, just as an, from an OU perspective – if they're still in the Big Twelve, what would you want to see? And when they go to the when they go to the SEC, what do you want to see? Do you want to see divisions, or do you want to see no divisions? Everybody plays as many teams like as they can, I guess, and you pick the best two. I mean, divisions fits my sports worldview a little bit better. Ever since I was a kid, you know, watching the the Major League Baseball and AL West and all that, it, it kind of makes sense. But they all play each other. You know, they all play at least one series against each other. I like the idea of no divisions in the sense that it is going to be able to put pit the two best teams. You know, the, the article that we're kind of referencing is that uh, the NCAA is looking at removing the division requirement to have a, a conference championship game. They're going to just allow the conference to pit the two top ranked teams against each other for their conference championship game. And to me, that's really intriguing because there are years where, say, in the SEC West, it would have been LSU and Alabama would have been the two best teams in the conference that would have gotten to face off against one another for a chance to go to the you know college football playoff for the national championship. Uh, you know, the, the big 12 kind of has it in a good spot where they are able to put the two best teams against one another in a rematch situation, but it's not going to be that every year if you're in a bigger conference, because you might not play that person that is the other top team in the conference. So I see the benefits of both just from a, a clean standpoint, the divisions just looks cleaner but you can still have divisions under the table that helps you with scheduling, even if you're not calling it the Big 12 East, the Big 12 West, North, South, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I can, I kind of like it both. I kind of like both. Like I'm not going to be mad one way or the other, depending on how they go. I, my whole stance on Big 12 expansion is I wish they would have done this five, six years ago when Oklahoma and Texas were still kind of bought into the Big 12 because I think it had made for a really interesting conference. When they go to the SEC, I like divisions more than the pod format that's been discussed. 
Um, I still like the divisional format because I think it, it just looks clean. But if they decided to go no divisions and then just have this rotating schedule, I think that could be really fun too. Yeah, I mean, Steve, we saw we saw the argument both ways play out this year, right? Um, the argument now, I would say, you know, the argument for uh, you know you getting the best teams in the division format happened in the ACC, it happened in the SEC, happened in the Pac-12, right? Uh, all those places end up having really clean conference championship games, but then there were two in the Power Five that were kind of the other way, right? Uh, the Big Twelve being the argument for a non-divisional. Um, setting because they don't have divisions and we got the two best teams and it made for a pretty entertaining championship game. And also the big 10 in the sense of, Hey, we had divisions, Michigan beats Ohio state. Both those teams are eight and one in conference, but guess what? Michigan ends up playing Iowa and whipping their ass. And it wasn't that Mm -hmm. good. And, um, you know, Ohio state round two, versus uh, Michigan would have been fun, but also it would have been one week later. So I think we saw a lot of different views of this. What are your thoughts on division, non-division, and what do you think for the Big 12's future? Because right now we're seeing the NCAA um, talk about, hey, do you need to have divisions? Do you, do you not? Do you think the Big 12 needs divisions to start off things just to make sure everybody's organized as we get into a 14, maybe down to 12? As you said, maybe add more. Once OU and Texas leave, do you think divisions helps organize it better? Or are you like, no, just toss me teams, flip the schedules, rotate them. Who cares if it gets messed up? What are your thoughts on all of, on all of those things? Now, I like the idea of divisions. I really think the only drawback of divisions is if you draw it in a way that, you know, reduces or gets rid of some regional rivalries. But honestly, like once the two big schools leave, I mean, I'll probably, I don't know. There's probably one that I'm missing here that I'll get roasted for, but. Like Baylor TCU, I think that makes sense for them to be in the same division. Kansas, Kansas State, it makes sense for them to be in the same division. I mean, after that, like I know there's some new schools that, you know, regionally Houston and BYU and TCU have some history. West Virginia, Cincinnati, in the same division. Yeah, West Virginia, Cincinnati. But like, I don't really think there's one that you're just missing that, oh, yeah, that game needs to be played every year. And I mean, it's going to be different because the conference is going to be bigger, but I honestly think. Like, the round-robin format has kind of hurt the league just because it's. Mm. I feel like it's really hard to go undefeated when there's so much familiarity between the schools. Um, you know, maybe I'm off base on that, but I just – I think of those really good Oklahoma teams that occasionally stub their toe against, you know, some teams in head-scratching fashion, and some of that's just college football. But I do so think do you, something – do you think we'd see that if – you know, because I feel like it's pretty inevitable that divisions might go away. Do you think we'd see – more parity in leagues if it's more of a rotational schedule. If you know Iowa has to play Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State mm-hmm. with more regularity, do you think we'd see more more parity, or do you think the Big Twelve was just kind of a league without elite teams at least last season? No, I think there'd be some more parity. Um, I don't know if we get to the Big Twelve level, but I think there would be. And you know the the concern about like having a division that's weaker is real, but. I think honestly, like that's cyclical, and it's it's gonna correct itself. I, I don't feel like mm. that's a long term problem. Mm. You know, for a while, like the Big Twelve North was not as strong as Big Twelve South, um, but Nebraska had their years where they were really powerful. We've seen the ACC, like you know, the division outside of Clemson has not really been strong, but that can change. So uh, I like the idea of divisions. I feel like it makes a nice structure for for your schedule and ends up with a a good championship game as well. 
Jake, your thoughts on this as somebody covers team coming in, what do you want to see? Do you want to see divisions just, uh, you know, just to get things going? Or do you want to say, no, feed me every team, every place, every time I want to travel the world. I want to see the country. I want to see the big 12. The latter. I, I think you just get rid of the divisions. Go oh, yeah. schedule it how you need to, to make it so it's circular, I guess, in a way to make it as round robin esque as you possibly can, but just get rid of the divisions. The scenario you want to avoid, and this is obviously, this is not always going to happen, but if you have a 12 and 0 team in one division, potentially, let's say, uh, let's say Texas, they go 12 and 0. And then in the other division, you have Kansas state at seven and five who wins that division. And guess what? They're matched up and Texas may be sitting at number five in the college football playoff rankings. They win they're in, And somehow against all odds, Kansas state pulls off that upset. You cannot have that in your conference. The, the pac 12, this proposal, George Klyovkov made because that's it. It's, it's who made the proposal is the Pac-12. It's self-serving. They need to get as many eyeballs and as many opportunities to get in the CFP as they possibly can. This is actually a very good thing for the Big 12 because it avoids that scenario from ever happening. It's a fresh start with this. You have the 14 teams, if that's what it sits at to begin with, drops down to 12. And the good news is you avoid the scenario of maybe a Big 10 situation where you have an East division that's got a 12-0 Ohio State, an 11-1 Penn State, a 10-2 Michigan. And in the West division, it's Wisconsin at 8-4 and or 9-3. and You avoid that, and that's what you need to avoid. And I also think to your point too, like, you know, because there have been examples, I, I forget how long ago it was, UCLA was like six and six. Yep. Georgia Tech one year was like a six and six. The University also, University of Utah, it was their second year in the in the Pac-12. Had they won the final day against Colorado, Utah would have played in the Pac-12 title game as a six and six team. They lost the Buffaloes to drop to five and seven. That allowed UCLA with USC on probation to jump into that spot. And Kind of on the flip side of what you mentioned, like, all right, you know, Texas number five in the country, let's just say they're 12 and one, 11 and one. How quality of a win is that, right? Sure, it's conference title game, but how good is the win if we're beating seven and five? And and now it could work against you. Like this year, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you have two great teams playing, and damn it, Baylor, damn it, if you did not suck against Chandler Morris and TCU. We yeah. probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now. You probably would have been in the college football playoff. If, if, yeah. if Damn you, Steven. Damn you. Um, but like, you know, it also works that way too. But I think that's more compelling, right? I think it's more compelling when you have Oklahoma State play Baylor as opposed to a Texas, you know, Kansas situation and, or and you can, Oregon. You can, yeah, you can protect rivalries. I'm all for BYU and Baylor becoming rivals in the new Big 12 because they're both religious private universities. You protect that rivalry. Make it an annual thing. You can protect the the the, the Sunflower State. You can protect the Kansas and Kansas State game every year. You have those sacrosanct rivalry games intact, but the rest of the games, it's a free-for-all. You're kind of rotating through that every so often, and you play every team, and you switch home and away, and I just like like the the round robin nature of it all. Uh, all right, quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online and BetOnline.net. You guys got to Bet Online today. NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, which are happening right now. Memphis up eight as we're recording this. The Capitals got a big win tonight over the Florida Panthers. Huge win for the Caps. You can bet on all this stuff at BetOnline and BetOnline.net today. F1 in Miami this week, NASCAR, wherever the hell those rednecks are, are going, right, uh, Stephen? You know, Toothless Mountain people, wherever they're headed, you can bet on that. 
All right, you're after the NASCAR people. That's a whole. I was at NASCAR race last week. Hey, I, I, I God love NASCAR people. I'm, I'm, you know, occasionally one of you all. Uh, uh, UFC, Bellator, boxing, great boxing events this weekend over the course of the weekend as well. All that stuff at Bet Online and Bet Online.net. Unbelievable props for things like the NFL draft too. So go there today, Bet Online. It's where the game starts. All right, any final thoughts on the divisional stuff? I don't know kind of where we want to see it go with the Big Twelve, or are we just kind of? Indifferent. Now, I think the one place where I wouldn't be indifferent, get your thoughts on this, would be with Texas and Oklahoma. If if they maintain, if they stay, I would want a situation, if I was a Big 12 team, if I was you, Stephen, TCU, I would want them in the same division. The Big 12 can, we mentioned this before, they cannot afford OU and Texas the opportunity to play each other in a Big 12 title game the year before they leave. Stephen, do you agree? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's a kind of petty, sure, but like you, you do have to protect that. It's protecting your conference. It is, it is, and you don't want them on the biggest stage playing each other. Um, you know, I mean, that requires Texas to be competent, which is something they haven't done in a bit. But it wasn't that long ago they played each other at AT and T Stadium. So, um, yeah, I think you got to keep them out. It's like it's like a wrestling match where it's triple threat, and you want to protect the champion, so you have. One guy pinned the other guy, and the champion doesn't get pinned. That's that's what you got to do. That's exactly what you got to do. Uh, Jake, as somebody you know who's coming to the Big Twelve, I'm sure you wouldn't want to see the first year of the, the two teams going out either. No, and you, you, that that's the kind of the downside to all this is you could have a lame duck Big Twelve championship game, and that oh, would yuck. be yeah. You you want to avoid that, but just. You got to expect that Texas. I keep seeing these FPI numbers; they're top five in the country. I'm just sitting there, like, are, are you kidding me? Like, what has Texas done here that it's going to prove anything? And by the way, Sark, look at his career record. The dude never goes above eight and five. So I just, I don't know. There's you, but you have to avoid that. If you if you can avoid it, avoid it at all costs. John, even as somebody who covers OU, would you know? Would you want to avoid that? I mean, I, I like the idea of keeping them in, I get in the division. Like to the conference on the way out the door, huh? No, nah, I, I like the idea of keeping them in the division because it, it creates another sense of uh, urgency for that game, for the Red River Showdown. Like, this is going to have Big 12 championship implications on who gets to go to the game. I like keeping that part of the regular season. And, yeah, Texas is FBI. That I feel like that's only weighted because of Alabama on the schedule. Like, that strike the schedule is really high. That's the only thing that's got them up there. But, yeah, let, let's keep them in the same division. Keep it simple. I know it kind of messes things up when you have to realign after they leave or after Oklahoma and Texas leave. But uh, just for the simplicity of it, keeping the game easy to schedule, if they're both in the conference in 2023 and 2024, you're not having to figure out, okay, home and homes with the the intra-division schedule. Just leave them in the same division. Make it simple. Boomer Sooner. All right, final thing here. So we talked about this in the last one. I need to make sure we get this in here. We talked about NIL, and I did want to you know, do 50 minutes on NIL in the, in, in the last episode, so we're going to spread it out just a little bit here. But a lot of negativity, a lot, a lot of hand-wringing. I want to go here, your biggest issue, and a fix for the issue that you present if, if you do that, all right? John, I know you mentioned that you had a big issue you wanted to share earlier. So share your big issue and share your fix for it. We're positive here, looking for change. We're, 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 we're stepping into the new era and we're embracing it. Yeah. So my big issue is the one that we kind of touched on in the first part of the round table. And that's 
boosters, anybody really contacting a player that's not in the transfer portal. I think if the kid wants to transfer, absolutely put your name in the portal, then start fielding offers, you know, looking at your next destination. That's one thing. But for a kid to be sitting at home playing Xbox, you know, and then getting a, a DM from, you know, Lincoln Riley's uh, ghost handle, then I don't know. Yeah, that to me, that bothers me a little bit. And I think a lot of – I don't know what the fix is for that except just a lot of NCAA investigation and maybe some self-reporting. Like, hey, if you're getting contacted by somebody and you're in the transfer portal, you know, let us know about it. Um, I, I don't know what the fix is for that. But that to me, that's the biggest issue because somebody might be really, really happy where they're at. And then all of a sudden this this message comes in and now they're the not NCAA so sure. should pay kids to rat on the boosters. There you go. What is that, Crime Busters? I mean, they've got a ton of money in reserve thanks to the NCAA tournament. Why not just say, hey, 10K per rat? Jordan Addison, we'll give you 50K right now if you show us everybody who came to you. You know, 10K per shows them five people, five boosters, and go get them out there. I I wouldn't be mad about financial incentives to tell kids about cheating. Like, that's actually not the worst idea in the world. Mm -mm. NCAA probably wouldn't do it. I mean, it's happening all over the place. It's just we're – connecting it now to something that's more legal than it used to be. And so it, it has this real nebulous um, place right now in college sports where we having to decide, is it cheating? 10 months ago, that was cheating. Like you right. couldn't offer kids $3 million to come play for your school. Now it's seemingly kind of okay. Um, and I'd just like to see them get back to, okay, what is name image and likeness actually mean? And like get back to the heart of it, you know, kids being able to make some money doing sponsorship deals, not just not collectives just coming in and throwing a, a wad of cash at a guy be like, Hey, come play for our school. And yeah, maybe we'll do some stuff. Steven, your big problem, your big fix. Yeah. I mean, mine is tampering as well. And, and just the idea of, you know, big, bigger schools kind of poaching smaller school players, but I don't have a great fix for it. I mean, salary cap, I think is an option, but then you're talking about, collective bargaining, and that's a whole can of worms in itself. Um, I would say just some sort of timetable, and I know people can work around this, but like, hey, you can contact these players. You can't contact the players until they hit the portal, and there's, you know, this set date where you can enter the portal. That's when you get contacted, and then that's the process to transfer schools. I, I know that wouldn't completely eradicate it, but maybe that would deter some folks um, from at least waiting until guys are, you know, deciding to leave the school before contacting them. Big problem, big fix for you, Mr. Hatch. I'm kind of going to echo what John's talking about. You just got to, you've got to rein this in at some level. And yeah, if it needs to be an anonymous hotline <laughs> that a student athlete calls, um, I had X university reach out to me about figure out something that is going to dissuade people from doing this, whether it's financial uh, penalties, uh, scholarship or boosters. And we we've seen this with NCAA. They can have boosters where they are publicly disassociated from the university for a length of time. That might be the way to do it. If If there is a booster out there who's gone rogue, quote unquote, maybe they are officially disassociated from the university. They, they're, they're kind of, 
sent off into the hinterland for however long they need to be. You just you have to find a way to dissuade these people from reaching out to these young men while they're playing for their university. Uh, going back to our original podcast, Jordan Addison's an NFL prospect, whether he plays at Pitt or USC. It, it's it's right. readily apparent. He's going to play pro ball. The thing is, it's just the rich getting richer. You got to find a way to, I guess, keep some of these guys from getting inundated with that. But at the same time, make sure these boosters know that there are massive implications if you decide to engage in this type of behavior. All right. Mine's going to be a bit different than you guys. I'm going to go on the actual public perception front. I'm going to go with the media and the way we talk about this and the way we cover this. I would encourage the people who have the means to do so. So the upper echelon of college ball media to have on current players have on people involved in this to explain how this process works. Not the under the table stuff, but like the legal stuff, because there is such a negative stigma about NIL in general right now. And stories like Jordan Addison make it even worse. And so I think it's about time that we start changing the narrative and talk about, Oh my God. Like I saw, I'm sure you guys see the Aaron Taylor video the other day about him, him and his car talking about the decay and everything that's wrong. There's a little bit of hopefulness in it, but also it's like, I'm not sure how many times I've heard former players or, you know, guys who played recently just to be like, wow, I mean, what are we doing? Where are we at? All right. Like do something about it. Talk to people who are currently there. Cause I think the one number one problem we have right now with people uh, who are just fans is there's a lack of understanding how the actual like process works. All right. I think if everybody understood how a NIL NIL deal was formed and have a basis for understanding, okay, how could the rules be broken outside of that? I think everybody thinks right now it's just like, you know, it's willing. It's the it's the turn that we always throw around the wild west. I would encourage those in power and in, in the media, at least right now, to make sure that the listeners, the readers, whatever, get a better understanding of how this stuff works. Mostly radio hosts, I'd say, kind of that and podcast people, but a better understanding of how this stuff works, so we can all start to figure out solutions. Because I think the number one problem is we don't know how this stuff works. All right. That'll do it for this version of the Locked On Big 12, Locked On Sooners, Locked On TCU, uh, Locked On Horn Frogs, excuse me, and Locked On Cougars Roundtable. John Williams, plug your work in all of its variety and where people find you. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams, where I'm currently arguing with Dallas Cowboys fans about how terrible their draft was. I mean, not really. I mean, it was just kind of average. But uh, you can also find my Sooners coverage over on Locked On Sooners on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, follow the show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also read my work covering the Sooners over at the Sooners Wire. Steven. Yeah, Tyler Smith. That was uh, certainly a selection. I'm at Simcox <laughs> Steven on Twitter. At Locked On TCU is where you find the show. Uh, Locked On Horn Frogs on podcast platforms and YouTube. Mr. Hatch. Well, you can find all my work. I locked on Cougars, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You want my thoughts on all things sports, period. Uh, you can go to Jacob C. Hatch. And, of course, yeah, locked on Cougars is on YouTube, all that fun jazz. So there you go. Uh, speaking of jazz, I am sorry for their loss in the Dallas. Boop, boop, boop. Uh, you, guys can find, <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitter. I'm at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show at Hello Big 12. You guys can find us. Every podcast and on YouTube as well. Also, want to shout out our friend, uh, this Linda Godfrey. Uh, she is so busy with her. I usually make fun of her for this. She is so busy and done so well with all of her fantasy stuff. 
uh, that she is moving on from Locked On Pokes. So we always we love always having her on here. Uh, we're going to miss her very much, very dearly. She'll be back periodically, but she is on doing fantasy stuff. So follow her on Twitter at Lindellians if you are into that kind of thing. I am not, but if you are, go ahead and follow that. All right. Oh, John, you got one more thing? I was going to say, I hope the next person is as willing to take the Spencer Sanders shots as uh, graciously as she has. Yes, she's done great with that. All right, friends. We'll see you guys next week.